trying to shout y'all out. This is not what this was y'all trying to do. How should I word this? I was I put put I put everybody each show wanted to put together a comprehensive financial literacy series. You can just do one on one class. Okay. Just get some people's people get that easier. Get that. Okay. <laughs> so you can just say Big like words credit. Really, huh? For tonight, you can say it's a credit one on one class or one on one credit class. Basic sum building personal credit. Well, as I said, before we shoot it, we start recording. Yeah. You want to, uh, like I said, let's just touch base with some questions. Yeah. All right. So, uh, intro background. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you talked about uh, doing credit repair, um, kind of like the briefings on that. Uh, first, we're going to be focusing on personal credit. So, literally, the first one should just be like define credit, importance of having personal credit. And you can kind of like start from there. Um, how to build. Fine if I got my hat on forward or yeah, my hat on forward. I didn't know if it was casting a shadow uh, over my face yeah, or okay. Yeah, I know because I know if we were just like yeah, no, I've cool. recorded before. I'm like, damn, like the light being on top, you can't even. Yeah. Okay, with that one, gotcha. Second, uh, here, I might as well do it. Light is blessing you. 
come a long way. From yeah. The, uh, from like a shadow. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another one-on-one class of the Everybody Eats show. Uh, man, this is probably the third three one. For three, so three for three that we've been doing. So we did wholesaling. We did uh, business, personal tax, business taxes. Sorry, we did wholesaling, business taxes, and now we're doing personal credit. All right. So uh, we have here Mr. Hernandez. He's been on our show once before. So yes, we just want to thank you very much for. Uh, thank you. You know, we got the office, right? We got the office setting. We got the lights going on outside. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Perfect <laughs> so timing. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. So we're going to give you guys a one-on-one class on how to build personal credit and how to avoid getting bad credit and how to repair that. So nice one-on-one class for you guys. Um, before we get started, make sure you're following us on all platforms. On Instagram, Everybody Eats Show. Uh, that's the same for Facebook and TikTok. That's every, at Everybody Eats Show. Um, our YouTube channel, Everybody Eats Show on YouTube and Twitter, EBE underscore show. And wherever you listen to podcasts, we're up there. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. Make sure you're listening, tune in, share with a friend, like, share, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. Engage. Bless. Mm-hmm. Bless, your, bless your boys. Yes, bless your boys. Yes, bless sir. your boys. All right. Anything else we got, mister? No, nah, we good. All the housekeeping items to, you know, get this show started. Let's get it started. All right. All right. Mr. Hernandez. Sir. Right? So, if you can introduce yourself for the people who didn't tune in to the first episode that we did. Yes. Um, Shame on you. You're right. All right. This is a <laughs> definitely person. go back and tune in, though. Definitely yeah. go back and tune in. That was, yep. um, that was uh, through Zoom. Now we're in person, right? Yes. So, we're only moving up yeah, from here. Right. So, if you can introduce yourself, where you're from, what do you do, yeah. talk about your business real quick, and then we'll yeah, get started yeah, yeah. with one-on-one class. Yeah. So, name's Aaron Hernandez. Um, I'm originally from out here. We're out here in Norfolk, Virginia. Um well, I would say originally, but I've, I've definitely moved around a lot. Uh, but this is definitely the community that I serve. Uh, so I definitely like to bring the information and try to help people elevate, especially out here in Norfolk, man. Um, there's a lot of people that's trying to do really dope stuff. Uh, and we just want to try to get that information out there. Um, the business focus is definitely credit repair. I mainly deal in personal credit, but I also deal with uh, business credit. Uh, but that is something that I only have limited slots for, but I still love to just spread the knowledge for people because really, man, credit is such a, it's such a very powerful tool, but it's even stronger when you pair it together with business credit. So mm-hmm. just mixing those two things together and also just trying to preach to people uh, how credit really works and just educate it, uh, educate people on those things. Uh, I always tell people that I'm not salesy <laughs> at all. Uh, people always kind of get taken back by that because when they're on the phone with me I'm not trying to sell them anything I'm a firm believer that you don't have to sell anything to people that already need the service so all I'm doing is laying out the information the education piece behind it so that you know pretty much we can continue to elevate I love it I love it okay okay so um starting from that we'll get right into it right so talking about main business is credit so um personal credit right could you was was there like a Definition, if you could kind of describe, like, what is personal credit? Why, why do I need that? Yeah, so uh, you need your personal credit for just about anything, man. And we, unfortunately, a lot of us find that out the hard, the hard way when we already need the credit. Um, but personal credit is just your financial assessment of yourself. Honestly, just to make it as 
the way I like to lay it out to my clients to just make it more understandable is that credit is just really your financial resume. People forget that when you are applying for banks, that banks are actually investors and that's how they make their money. If they lend you a car, a car, they make money all going off the interest rate. If they lend you a house, they make money off going to interest rate. So all you're doing is turning in your financial resume saying that, hey, you know, I'm financially worthy. Um, you can look at this to see that I, I'm that and I can give you a return on your money. That's all it really is, is just your financial um, risk, financial worthiness. Uh, can we trust you? And to kind of just dumb it down, that's really mainly what it is. And it allows you to continue to take out loans, continue to ask for um, really just about anything else, man. Because it's just like, you know, if, you, if I were to borrow money from you and I can show you that I'm trustworthy, then, you know, that's pretty much where it would go for them. So um, that's where credit score comes in? Yes, your credit score. Your credit score, um, that's definitely one that would come in. So your credit score is calculated in multiple different ways. But again, I, I like to, the way I like to teach people in credit is that I'm I like to simplify. I like to give them analogies and how it works. So your credit score really is just calculated off your positive and negatives. Like it does not see dollar amounts. It's a common misconception that people have. Your credit score is just positive or negatives. If you have a lot of positive stuff on there, then you're gonna have a high score. You have some negative stuff on there, then it's gonna affect you. But that's definitely when um, your credit scores would come into play. Mm -hmm. uh, so what would you define <clears throat> as a positive or a negative? Um, so there are actually definite, so it goes off of a tier system. Right. And so off of those that tier system, I, I don't like to put too much attention to that it's, okay. it gets kind of confusing for a lot of my clients but right. for the purpose of this because we want to go for this conversation a little bit more in depth i'd rather not focus strictly onto the credit scores because that for one you can easily google it and we know what what they are but what i like to emphasize for people is your credit report is really the most important portion your credit score just gets you into the rooms it just gets your feet into the doorway so most of the time for example home loans a lot of lenders will just ask for a 620 so that would be considered, you know, like a, a fair credit score, like a, just right there with the good uh, section. But um, that just gets your, your foot to the door to see if you can apply for there. It doesn't necessarily mean you get approved. What right. determines if you get approved is your credit report, which is your overall, you know, history and report behind it. So when, I, when people ask me that, I like to tell them that because I feel like now a lot of times people don't talk about that. We're very much just like, oh, I need to have a highest credit score. I need to be at 750 plus. Um, but that's not necessarily the case because I can also have I also have clients who have high credit scores, 750 plus, and can't get approved for stuff because they have multiple inquiries onto their report multiple times it got pulled, so they can't get approved either. I also have people that's in the sixes and is getting approved for stuff because they have a better, thicker report than the other one and have more history. So you know that's the part I like to emphasize for people. Okay, so credit yeah. report obviously then holds more weight than. Yes, yes. They both go hand in hand, though. Um, again, I just like to talk about the portion that a lot of people don't talk about. Um, right. Your credit score is just saying that, hey, can can you apply here? If we're saying that if you want a house, you only need a 620, then it just means you can go ahead and apply. It doesn't necessarily mean okay. you'll get looked at. The under At the end of the day, when underwriters are looking at it, what determines it is your credit uh, report. We go with the uh, finance. Yeah. I like the financial resume uh, analogy. Yeah. So it sounds like the uh, the score is kind of the GPA, but the reports like the yeah. whole thing and who you are as a, yeah. a person. So like yeah. classes that you took. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny because I actually give that as one of the analogies. That's yeah. one of the analogies I give out to people um, to just make it easier, man. Because credit can sound so complicated, but that's all it really is. It's just your GPA. So um, not to jump ahead, but even when the way it's calculated. 
when I tell people that, hey, positive or negatives, if you can give it more positives, meaning more credit cards with making on-time payments and stuff on them, then just think about those as your classes, right? You're acing this class, then you're gonna have a better GPA. You got three A's, for example, and one E, then your GPA is gonna kind of show that. If you come to someone like us, this, this is when disputes come in. All I'm doing is I'm telling you pretty much to drop that class. If you right. get it deleted, we're dropping the E. If you drop the E class, you're back to a 4.0, you know? So that's kind of just, I like to tell people to just simplify it, man, because if not, you're gonna get lost in the sauce with all of this <laughs> stuff. There are so many things involved to credit. So simplifying it, it's a lot easier to, to follow along and understand it. Got it. So mm -hmm. could you kind of like elaborate on what is considered good and negative and like on, on, on a report. report and like what are common yep. positives and negatives on Yeah, that? so again, it's all about different trade lines. Trade lines can kind of blanket a bunch of stuff here, but trade lines pretty much just means that things that are revolving that continue to report onto your credit. So like credit cards, auto loans, those things are good stuff if you're making on-time payments for them. Um, so just one more time? Yeah, so <laughs> make sure you're making on-time payments for these things. Make sure you're making on-time payments, yeah. auto loans, credit cards, those are, and the, the analogy we use, those are classes that you could be taking, you just have to ace them. If you're acing yeah. them, those are gonna be the positive. Now, since your credit only sees positive or negative, the moment that, this is the portion a lot of people don't realize, but you can have an account, a credit card open for years on out, making on-time payment history for them. You miss one payment, it will turn the whole account from a positive to a negative, because then now you have one missed payment on there. Yeah. It, it, the whole thing is an algorithm, right? It, it calculates it based off of that. So yes, it still shows that you have on-time payment history, so it doesn't go completely out the window, but as far as that account is concerned, when the underwriter pulls it, it's gonna show up as a red flag because you know you didn't pay on that. Um, again, if just simplifying the idea, it'd just be me and you borrowing money from each other. If I always made my payment on time to you, then more than likely, if I needed money later on, I could ask you again because you're confident that I can do that. If I miss the payment later on, you're like, damn, bro, I don't know. I need this money by the first. Aaron didn't come yeah. through last time. Mm -hmm. um, even though I've been paying on time, that's generally what you're going to focus on because that's where you, that's how you make your money. You make your money off interest rates. Mm -hmm. So um, those are going to be the negatives. Uh, so there's also different negatives like too many, pulling your credit too often, that's going to be negative. Uh, again, making missed payments, negative. Uh, things in collection, those are negative. Charge off are negative. Closed accounts are negative. So those, it can be a, a variety of things. Overextending your credit could be um, a negative. But again, positive stuff or making payments on time. You want to have a good credit mixture. A good credit mixture just means like you have uh, like diversifying your credit. So it could be credit cards, auto loan, personal loans, unsecured loans. Um, store cards, those are ways to diversify your credit. Those would be good stuff. So positive things. Yeah. Yep. Um, you mentioned getting credit pulled. Um, could you kind of like elaborate real quick? It kind of sounds yeah. for people who are not sure. Of course, man. Yeah. So anytime you pull your credit when you're trying to qualify for something, um, it lowers down your score. Or I want to say it lowers down your score because that's not always the case, depending on if that's your first time pulling it in like the last two years. Um, but it does affect your credit. It shows that your credit has been pulled. Um, you know, so it, it will affect you for that. It's called a hard inquiry. Now, the reason why I emphasize that when your credit is pulled for trying to qualify for something is because a lot of misconception I have when people call me for a consult and I'll say that, hey, we have to run their credit report so I can see what they have going on. They always tell me that way isn't going to hurt my credit, you know, um, and I always have to tell them, no, you can pull your credit as often as you like when you're just pulling it for yourself to check what you have. Now, 
Um, you're not trying to qualify for anything, so it's not going to hurt you. Now, the general rule is you're not supposed to pull your credit, which is a hard inquiry, more than once every two years. Yeah, once more than every two, two years. This is that thing. So once every two years, it'll drop off. So if I apply for something today, two years later, it will drop off from that. So, yeah, yeah so it sounds like it's not a lot, but there's a reason behind it um, as to that. So I don't, do you want me to? to yeah, because uh, yeah. I was going to say um, more mm-hmm. recently um, for, I know, like auto loans or like for like real estate. I know yep. it's really common for real estate. You're yes, trying to get yes, yes. For, for a crib, you're trying to get pre-approved for something. Um, you should have to go to the bank or like rack mm-hmm. or something to mm-hmm. like pull your credit. So is that considered a hard pull? And in those Absolutely. instances, is that like a once every two years? Yeah. So it's definitely a hard pull. It's definitely a hard pull. And a lot of times our clients that call us just to get, they'll call us to just get their um, inquiries disputed yeah. because they went to a dealership and the dealership like CarMax is notorious for this. Almost every car dealership will do it, but yeah. CarMax and other places that's like, that guarantees that they can approve people they're notorious for that because what they'll do is they'll put their social in there one time and they'll sell it just run it once yeah they'll run it once through the system and multiple lenders will look at it so i've seen people come from carmax and they'll have like 20 to 40 different pools on there um because they'll run it through the system because again that's why they advertise like oh anybody can get a car through them because they'll put that system on there and it's like a directory yeah, at that point yeah and at some so. point all these lenders are just on their computer that can just say who can approve and who can yeah. approve and you can have the worst credit but i guarantee you there's going to be a bank in america that qualifies <laughs> you because if you run it four to six times there's going to be someone like yeah we'll take his down payment yeah, yeah. and you know and, and it might be predatory lending but that's how that will go now i understand your question there are stipulations to it because you're shopping for the best rates possible especially when you're applying for a home loan but um, it, it can get very confusing because there's different scoring models and I know we haven't gone into that yet, but the, the two main ones you're going to talk about is your Vantage score and your FICO score. But even then, there's multiple different versions of the FICO score. So currently there's 12 versions of the FICO score right now. Most places are still using FICO 8 and um, FICO 7 for um, when it comes to like home buying process and stuff when it comes to banks. Places are making the switch over to Vantage score, but again, it's going to depend on each of the lender. But the reason I'm saying that is because you can run your credit multiple times when you are shopping for, um, again, rates like a home loan. Now, the difference is different scoring models will allow you to pull credit multiple times based off of different timelines. So um, if you look it up, it's going to say that you have 45 days that you can continue to pull credit applying it for like a home loan, for example. You can pull it multiple times for that. But what they don't tell you is that's only for FICO score 12. When it comes to like FICO score eight, it's going to be a different stipulation. I want to say it's 14 days. I could be wrong because there's so many. So yeah. honestly, even for those, I'll continue to look them up. But the way I generally like to tell people is just keep it all under a week when you're shopping for like a home loan. Just keep it around that same timeline as close as possible if you can, because since this is all just a computer and the computer is also not perfect, I want people to understand that. So people, a lot of times people will dispute with me back and forth saying, well, you know, this is what the credit is supposed to do. You, you have 45 days. Yeah, what your credit is supposed to do, the credit bureau is supposed to do versus what they actually do is two different things. Yeah. So um, I always tell them just keep it as close as possible. If you're already shopping for a home loan, uh, just try to keep it within that week if possible, if not in this 14-day time period. But you definitely want to try to keep it at a minimum. That's actually why when you're applying for a home loan, even when you're dealing with a realtor, most of the time, they're going to have a local lender already available to you that they've already developed the rapport with. 
that they know it's good that can work around whatever you have going on because they can just pull your credit one time and that be it because if not it will mess up your client their their clients credit and we've seen it where people have applied for a home loan for, with like a 620 right and that's yeah. the their minimum that the lender is looking for by the time they get to the closing table because they applied so many places uh, to run their their report back for uh, to get approved for a home loan then their score had dropped by the time they got to that closing table so that's really why you want to be watchful for the same reason for when you're trying to qualify for a car you generally want to go and apply for your own loan first secure that one loan like go into your bank and then walk into a dealership with a check already in hand so they've already pulled it one time um, so that would be the reason why you want to kind of secure your own loan first with the place that you already have the rapport for so you can just pull it one time um, now I know it's a lot of information there but I do like to say that the reason why your credit is only supposed to be pulled once every two years is because again your credit is just your financial it's, it's your financial resume so when people first call us in we bring we, we put their credit in a credit audit and it comes out into a PDF file when I go over it with them it's a lot easier to understand and it looks just like a financial resume and what they don't understand is that's what lenders see when lenders yeah. look at your credit report they're not looking at it like you and me on experience it's all these things up here because if that's the case they can't mass produce you know what i mean they like, can't continue to approve people so when they run it through their software it puts it in that format and when you look at it that way it's easy to understand this a resume so just like any other resumes it has your work history on there so what your resume is supposed to do to show your credibility is are you credible so yeah. when they're applying for financing they'll see that hey this guy applied for multiple places in the last two years and you can see that on a credit report so i can see that someone applied for a car loan then they maybe they applied for a home loan or maybe they applied for um what do you call it for like a store card or something so you can see like hey this person is impulsive this person is the type to walk into macy's and get talked to a credit card and when the, the, the cash register is like hey you want to sign up for a credit card or best buy yeah they always start talking to that and they'll see that so that's what they're going to see they'll be like damn this guy walked into macy's applied for somewhere he walked random Saturday he saw a car lot that's a nice car I pulled over and I looked at it your your uh, resume pretty much your financial resume will see that and that's what banks are seeing yeah. so again banks are just investors man so if you can make it and show them like hey I knew I was gonna buy a house two years prior so I started fixing my credit because again it's gonna show that it's gonna show that you started fixing your credit yeah. you started lowering down your utilization you started doing all these right things and it's gonna show in your credit report that Hey, if I'm the bank, I'm looking at it as like this guy has definitely been putting in work. He's been lowering down his utilization, doing everything right. Then he applied for a home loan because what that allows me to do is the bank is just like, yeah, I'm going to give him a loan because I can tell he really wants his bed. He's been working for this yeah. just like the same way you would do when you're improving a, a resume. It's the same thing when it comes to your financial resume, continue to improve that. So if a bank, again, you can have the perfect financial resume or the perfect um, resume for work and if you've worked at multiple places in the last two years, you're not gonna get hired. I don't care if you got a doctorate, you can have all the certifications for a job, but if you've been working a bunch of places in the last two years, and you put that in your resume, they're not gonna hire you, right? Yeah, so it works the same way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's why you're, that's, but that's the reason why inquiries are once every two years. Got it, yeah. okay. All right, that, was, yeah. that was really yeah. some, um, some good information mm -hmm. on there. So a lot of gems, a lot of gems. Yes. Um, I wanna ask, ask yeah. a question yeah. based off the, um, Improving credit. So I had seen a post. Uh, I know there's there was a time where Worldstar was posting a lot of like credit, mm -hmm. cr 
credit repair. Girl Talk was doing that. Yeah, wow. they, they ads and stuff. <laughs> I so love there it. was like real estate, then there's crypto, then there's NFTs. So, you know, I don't know if all that stuff's credible, but yeah. you know, it yeah. all has its phases. Yeah. But I did see a post where um, someone said a great credit hack was, um, I think it was pay off, don't wait to pay off, it was wait to pay off your bill, mm-hmm. uh, wait to like the third day and then pay it off in full. Okay. And then your credit will go up the following month. So rather than mm. pay it off right away, you have yep. to wait like maybe like a couple of days or pay off maybe a little bit right before yeah. like the closing mm-hmm. P- mm-hmm. date and then maybe leave a little bit so the interest can hit it and then yeah. you pay the rest off. I just right. want to know from your experience, is yeah. that like, have um, you ever told anybody, hey, <laughs> wait to pay your bill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I have not done that. I have not done that. Um, I think sometimes people have good intentions when they, well, actually, I want to always think that people have good intentions when they give this advice, but a lot of times there are a lot of myths out here because things continue to get, it's like we're playing telephone, you know what I mean? Like I'm passing one good information to you, then you pass it on to your friend, and by the time it gets to the the last person, it's something that's kind of messed up and it's different. Um, I think what people mean to say is that you're supposed to find out the statement date of your cards and then zero it out if possible, you know, zero out the whole thing, pay for the whole thing off, and then charge something on it again and then just continue to repeat the cycle so you can build credit using your credit cards that would be the way to do it so yeah i think that's what they mean at least yeah mm-hmm. it was a whole post i was yeah. like oh, i was yeah. really confident about this yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember this so i can ask yeah. <laughs> whenever i see and it again yeah and i mean right. how do i mean there's so many things because people try to hack the system yeah yeah but people try to hack the system because again it is just a computer and you can it's very hard to outsmart a computer but it's just like instagram right if you know the algorithms that posting at a certain time it's gonna work the same you know it's gonna kind of hack the instagram algorithm um and it, it works the same way you know it's an algorithm so if you can kind of um but there's real rules to it though <laughs> that we just have to know. But if okay. you're paying them on those dates, then you kind of hack the system. So yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah well, I think it was wait, wait till your state, maybe wait till your statement mm-hmm. date close or right before it. I, either way, I know it was. Uh, so I mean, we'll have our uh, yeah. my amount due at the end of this month. And yeah. Then, like maybe pay off most of it right before, then leave a little bit and mm-hmm. then wait for that you know yeah. that time to run out yeah. so the interest can hit it and yeah. then. I was, I was like, it sounds so, yeah. it just sounds wrong. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes, too, man, they'll really trick people into thinking the way you're supposed to pay. For example, like the due date, us thinking that we're supposed to pay them on the due date, but it's actually not the case. We're supposed to pay them on the statement date, but it, it will confuse people. And then now banks are catching on to the fact that, hey, they're getting a little smarter. They're, you know, a lot of times now when I talk to people, they understand or they've seen something out there saying that we're supposed to pay them on our statement date. Um, that's costing the banks a lot of money. So now what a lot of the banks do is they'll confuse people. They'll put the statement date before, I'm sorry, their statement dates yet, um, either after or before, um, in the past. After. Uh, yeah, after I, the due date. Me. I know every, yep. every, I remember yeah. every single time I get my email, yep. know, ev- after, so my closing date's to like the, the, the uh-huh. 28th, right? Yeah. So, excuse me, spit. But yeah. um, they'll send my, um, yep. my email three days after. Yeah, and see, it's confusing, right? Because before, even for me, my post on Instagram was just like, yeah, you know, you want to pay on the statement date. You know, the statement date is normally supposed to be prior to your due date. Now it's not the case because um, it's going to be after, and it confuses a lot of people. But so to anyone watching, the due date really is just – it's crazy because they really trick consumers to think this, and in nowhere other – in no other form do we think of due dates – like this, like the way we do when it comes to credit. Yeah. Um, 
but it's only in credit. If anything else, if I tell you your homework is due on Tuesday, that it literally means that's the last day that it's due. Any other time after that is a penalty. So that doesn't mean you're you're making your payments on time. That doesn't mean you're making your payments early. It just means you're paying on the last day. Um, but we're, as consumers, it's made us think that, hey, if I'm making the payment right now, then you know I'm making the payment on time. But by the time you make the payment on the due date, you've already been hit with all of the interest rate. So you're supposed to figure out the statement date. So from the moment of your statement date to your due date, that gap every day in the middle of that is when it's charging you the interest rate. So since we started getting smarter, start, start, people started paying you on the statement date, then um, now the banks pretty much aren't getting the interest rate that they used to. So what they realized was, hey, let's pick this due date uh, the statement date after the due date, right? So back here. So now it confuses people because yeah. now, well, my due date comes beforehand. Let me pay the due date. But all they're doing is they're extending the period. So let's say the original statement date to the due date we're used to is like two weeks. And that's the that's the um, time it's accruing the interest rate. Now they do like a whole 30 days. So it puts the statement date after the due date. But it's okay. still the same thing. If anything, now they're just charging you more interest rate because they've extended it out. Yeah. So still goes to saying you still want to pay on this the statement date you just want to call your bank first talk to them tell them what you're trying to do because since it's set up that way for the most part people are always going to be behind on, from their statement date so when i call my bank and i tell them that i always get caught up to my current um due date first and i'll pay that and then i want to let them know moving forward set my payments up to only be on the statement dates so yeah yeah those are all welcome for that question yeah <laughs> <laughs> So, um, credit cards, right? So yeah. uh, we just talked about payment. So can we kind of like backtrack a little bit and kind of yeah. like, all right, um, some people have good relationships with credit cards. Some people have bad relationships with credit cards. Some people are like, ah, yeah, credit, <laughs> credit, 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 buy on credit. Yeah. Some people are like, stay away, yeah. right? So, yeah. um, can you kind of speak about kind of like what's your take on credit cards and how can, what are some best practices, um, for credit cards? Yeah. So, um, Credit cards may can be tricky because you have multiple different ones. It's hard to speak on. Um, well, obviously, for this point, I'm going to speak generally in regards to it. But um, certain credit cards will have. So first of all, your, your limits. Right. So every card is going to have a limit, whether, you know, well, not every card. There's obviously like black cards don't have limits to them or charge cards don't have limits yeah. to them. But for the most part, most cards are going to have a limit to them. So the way you're supposed to use credit cards is just paying them based off of, again, the statement date, like we said and using this in order to build your credit history. Then now you also want to figure out what your total limit is of that card and only pay a certain amount, um, only use a certain amount of the utilization. The utilization is the amount of credit you're using. So uh, it also goes off of the tier system. So zero to 9% is the excellent range as far as the utilization goes. 10 through 29% is considered good. 30 up is considered fair and anything over that is pretty much um, poorer than very poor. Now. Pay attention to what I said and the fact that 30% is already crossing over to the next tier of it being fair category. Yeah. So every time you ask people what credit is supposed to be at their, their credit card limit, people always say 30%. That's one of those misconceptions because, um, again, people are the, the right term is 10 to 29% is good, but people are, are just rounding off to 30. And that's been a myth that's been spread around. By the time you get to 30, you crossed over a different tier system and then now you're already in the fair category. So um, that's pretty much how it goes. And it's also very difficult for you to do what we just talked about, which is zeroing out your um, the whole balance if you're already at 30%. 
it's really very difficult to do that for most people, um, you know, on a month to month thing. Um, versus if you're at the zero nine percent range, that's not really a lot. You should be able to zero that out every month and continue to do it that way. Do um, you want to be very careful with credit cards, though? Because like you said, you know, is that something I'm supposed to have or anything? And I know, especially for certain communities who aren't as educated in regards to credit, like the minority community, um, I don't want to generalize there, but I know at least for me and my community out here, when I talk to people every day, that's something we weren't thought. And I know for us growing up, it's just like, no, don't get credit cards. Um, you know, don't get credit cards. Credit cards, the devil. Um, you don't want to fall into the trap. Yeah. But no, actually, that mindset sets us back, right? Yeah. Because by the time we're old enough trying to do something legit, you know, whether it's to move out of your house or whatever it may be, uh, you don't have any credit. Yeah. So it sets you so far yeah. back from your counterparts because by the time we're, I don't know, working age or actually like old enough to definitely get into a house or get into yeah, a car, yeah. we go to these places and we realize we don't have any credit. But it's unfair because then you see other people that's going straight from um, colleges or stuff or maybe even high school yeah. and they already have great credit, bro. Like, yeah. you know, that, and that's how much of a disadvantage we are into there. But it's because, again, of that literacy we're trying to get out there, we want people to understand that, no, credit is good. There's such thing as good debt. You just need to be able to use it right. Yeah. So um, credit cards are definitely a good thing. Just try to, you know, um, shop around for a credit card, look for good approval rates, look for places that also um, the APR rates aren't crazy. But if you're starting out, more than likely, you know, you might not have access. You're not going to have access to like an Amex or anything like that. But um, as long as you're doing it the way we just mentioned, where you're using it just to build your credit, like a secured credit card, uh, most of the time, a lot of secured credit cards too have very high APR rates. Cards that, if you have a bad credit or no credit, the first cards that you get are going to have crazy rates to them. But if you use it the 0.9% way, paying them the statement date, for one, the interest rate is not going to hit you. Um, secondly, you're just getting all the good from there first. So it's definitely um, a need to it. And you can also use your credit card in very smart ways. So, yeah. Do you have any, uh, no free promo, but any recommendations <laughs> for like beginner credit cards or anything like um, that? Honestly, I would say start with your bank first. Anytime people ask that, I always say start with your bank. As long as you're, as long as you're with a legitimate bank. <laughs> um, I, no shade or anything like that, but people sometimes people will stick to a lot of these online bankings. They really target millennials because, I mean, you know, it's online. Yeah. yeah. So even Gary Vee had said that now, just like by the time our kids open up bank accounts, it's not going to be like when we opened up bank accounts and our parents took us or grandparents took yeah. you. Um, now kids are just opening up online, but those banks, it's all a computer. It's no one to talk yeah. to you and stuff in person. So it's a lot harder and it's, well, I want to say it's harder. It's less the, informed. yeah, it's less informed and there's a lot more, um, higher APR rates in regards to those. So if you're starting, I would say start with the banks that you already have a rapport with first. So yeah. credit unions are a great start. Um, if you're working with a credit union and you've already been banking with them, you might not have credit, but rapport with your bank is important because I might not have credit, but if I've been banking with, I don't know, Bank of America or, or Navy Federal, whoever it is, since I've been working, then they know that there's income coming into that bank account. They know they can lend to me and I can pay that back. So I would start with them first versus going out to a different bank with your hand out and just giving your information and you don't have anything to show for it. So then, you know, pretty much you don't get the best rates. So. Got it, got it. Yeah. And uh, you briefly mentioned is like, what should I be looking out for then? Um, you said they'll probably be having high APR rates. Could you mm -hmm. just like, what's an APR rate? Could you oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So that's the interest rate there. Yeah. So, um, well, there's actually different there's like principal interest and then there's also like APR stands for annual percentage rate. 
Um, so there's different ones, but just to make it easier, there's, it's just interest rates. So um, pretty much that's for anything to even applying for a car, or there's gonna be APR rates to them. So you, your job is to really to just try to find the most affordable, not most affordable, the lowest interest rates there are. So for one, it affects everything. It affects your monthly payment. It affects um, how much principal interest gets um, tied to there. Uh, if your rate is too high, then you're just continuing to build the, the debt. So yeah. it's harder for you to build. On that too, I, I do want to say that definitely do your due diligence. That's the good thing now that we have all this online stuff, right? Like I said, we're millennials. We have Google. We have this stuff. So these places you might walk in. Like I know when I was first buying a car, I didn't know what was high, what was low. So 20% doesn't sound like a lot uh, interest rate. I'm like, oh, 20%, that's nothing. I know yeah. there's 100% out there. So 20% doesn't sound like a lot. But most people that are buying cars that don't have great credit have crazy interest rate. A crazy interest rate would be really to me it's it can be anything 10 percent to me it's crazy eight percent for me it's crazy but um a lot of these places will have 26 percent interest rate yeah. yeah so i'll see that all the time if you have a car that has a 26 percent apr you're never going to get out of the car yeah. all that really means is um, again the reason i'm saying this is because you can google it you know if you i'm not i'm no math whiz i suck at math but i can go and look it up through software through apps hey if i put if i'm getting this car with 26 percent you know, what does that come out to? And most of the time, like 26%, depending on the loan, all it really means is, is getting tacked on all this extra debt per day. So 26% on a normal car, um, it's probably going to be, I don't know, man, like let's say like 30 bucks a day that they're adding on per day, which doesn't sound like a lot. But if you do 30 times, um, you know, it's 31 days in a month, whatever that is, that's what's continuing to be added on every month. And yeah, then as it's building, so let's say this month alone, there's you know certain amount of money that that got put to debt, right? Yeah. Well, next month it's another month, and there's more debt that's yeah, added on to yeah. again. So that's why most of the time people you'll hear people say, "Man, I had this car for X amount of years, five years. I'm almost at the end of my loan." They go look at it and they're like, "Damn, I'm nowhere close to paying this off because all that accrued debt, all that accrued stuff is getting continued add on. So every day is you're just adding thirty more dollars, thirty more dollars, and those. That's how they yeah. keep you, bro. Yeah, and those balances. If you have a large balance there, it's charging off of that balance too. Yeah. So it's just continuing. Yeah, and it's, it's really funny because then it's yeah. the people who are stuck under that thumb that go ahead and go tell maybe they have mm -hmm. kids, don't get too many credit cards, don't get a credit, yeah. or don't get credit cards, period, yeah. and then you yeah. set back and then yeah. you're yeah. constantly back. And, and that. that's exactly what banks want to do, man. You're you're what's called a captive um, audience of, or their ca captive target market because when you get to the point, there's really nowhere for you to go. Now they own you. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you see a lot of people talking about that too. Jay Z talks about that. Kanye talks about modern day slavery. I still think that that is a form of modern day slavery because by the time you get paid or before you even get paid, the money, the your money is already owed to someone. Before you even get your paycheck, your money is already owed somewhere else, and, and you're pretty much stuck there. So the banks want you to be stuck in this loophole, like you said, you'll never get out of this car. And there's so many shady practices to that, and banks want you to do that because again, they make their money off interest rate. If they get that car from you, because 26%, again, you're never getting out of the car. Um, so most of the time, what, what do people end up doing? Like they try to trade it in, they can't, they're gonna be upside down on the loan because again, there's all that debt is gonna roll over so they can't get out of it. So what I always see in the life cycle of a 26% car at high interest rate, they'll end up doing a voluntary repossession. So it'll ruin their credit. And also banks want you to do that because what happens is that um, originally you put down a down payment on that loan. Once you put down a down payment on that loan, 
they'll go and they'll take the down payment for you gladly and they know it's going to get repoed at some point now you've probably been paying for that car maybe for a year two years or whatever you realize you can't make the payments for it now we're going to come and repo that car and also keep your interest rate and then now they can go resell that car again and they resell it at auction and most of the misconception people don't realize is that when you give it for voluntary surrender you are still liable for that debt so Whatever it sells for the auction, let's say a $20,000 car sells at the auction for $10,000. There's $10,000 left of that loan. You still have to pay the $10,000 loan. You didn't get out of it. Dang. And even though it sounds, sometimes it sounds more manageable for people. Um, okay, I can do $10,000. Or honestly, for the most part, people are like, I'm not paying this because um, you know I don't even have the car anymore. But if you do start paying on it, you're still never going to get out of it because yeah. it's still going to continue at the, the interest and the debt. So. Now the bank owns you. They own you. You cannot get out of that. And that's when people start going down the bankruptcies and do all these things. And now you're going to start from scratch. So that's also why information like this is so valuable, because if you don't know it, then you do get stuck into that cycle. And they want to make consumers. They, that's all they really want to do. The more consumers, the better. Um, there's so many different documentaries about this on Wells Fargo and stuff, trying to hold their audience. Um, and there's even people that I deal with that have got approved through predatory lending. Most of the time, if you're behind on your car, first of all, you shouldn't try not to be behind on anything, obviously, because it's yeah. gonna ruin your credit. But I wanna say a large part of the population is always two months behind on their credit, because oh, no, two months behind on their auto loan, because they know that on, that on the third month is generally when they send out a repo order. So mm. a lot of times people are two months behind and then they're just making payments, trying to catch up, but as long as they're two months behind, then the car's not getting repoed. What we see all the time is that as you get closer to the end of that loan, or maybe you've had that loan for a little bit, the banks don't start waiting for the third month. They'll come repo that car after a month. They'll come repo that car after two months because it does them no good. It does them no good if you pay the car off. If you pay the car off, then they have an asset that's already been paid off that's no longer there. You make more money. If I repo your car, that life cycle of that car can continue because now what's going to happen? Again, they own you now because you still are liable for the rest of that debt. The car gets sold again, so now they got the payment from the auction. It gets resold, they get a whole new down payment for some other kid that doesn't person. know better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's why you see these old ass uh, Dodge Challengers and stuff on the lots that's continue to be recycled because yeah. the banks are pretty much looking at it and like, well, why would I sell this Dodge Challenger one time to one guy who gave me, I don't know, whatever, $5,000 down payment, you were making payment on it. We're going to come get it from you and then we're going to go and continue to do this over and over again then now we want to scale that and multiply it by that three million cars that they might or three billion cars that they have out there and that's how banks stay rich as fuck because i don't even know if i can cuss but three <laughs> three uh you yeah. know like they just that's how they stay rich man because now you have this never-ending cycle that can yeah. continue to do there and the, a car will continue to do that for 10 years uh, you can get a loan on a car as long as it's not over 10 years old. So just think about how much money a bank probably makes off of a single car before doing that. So. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy because once you start mm -hmm. thinking about it, we were having a conversation the other yeah. day kind of about like taxes and how the government's mad mm -hmm. gangster on how it Mad takes, gangster, bro. Mad gangster. How it takes taxes <laughs> at every single every level. level. Yeah. Anytime money switches hands, they taking some money away yep. from taxes, right? So kind of you talking about the banks, it, it, it sounds literally like the same mm -hmm, thing, right? Mm -hmm. And like, uh, you, you see posts, maybe hear people just talk about like, yeah, literally like modern day slavery or and things like mm -hmm. that. And it's like when you really, when you hear it like that, yep. and you, yep. when you when you hear like that, mm -hmm. right, it makes you want to kind of one, it makes sense. <laughs> 
it if does. you're not educated, it makes you want to stay yep. away. Yeah. Right? And uh, that, mm-hmm. that's where the thing is, right? Because it's like you, you have to know the rules and you yeah. have to know how to play, yeah. right? Yeah. You have to know how to play the game according to yep. the rules. Um, mm-hmm. But no, nah, that's, that's it's real. discipline. It's a lot of discipline and that intentionality to yeah. don't just buy anything. Just because yeah. obviously, like you just said, like mm-hmm. it has so many repercussions. And if you're simple, I guess. I mean, we all get older, right? So yep. our needs yep. and wants change. Changes so per season. Yep. I'm not gonna just want shoes and food or whatever. I'm gonna yep. want to go on a flight or try. Hey, I'm mm-hmm, gonna try mm-hmm. for. I'm on this flight. American Airlines, give me a credit card. Let me go apply. You <laughs> yeah. know, and all that. <laughs> yeah. All that other stuff. So it, it does. Yeah, it does change as we get older. So that's you said a lot. So I was just sitting yeah. there like blanked out, but I was focusing, yeah. like, <laughs> thinking about everything you said. Like, yeah. that stuff, like, it's a lot, man. Like, all so that many stuff things. was getting stored yeah. and everything. Yeah. Like I, I have to remember these things yeah. because you know that's something I don't know. My parents don't know. My brother probably doesn't mm-hmm. know. My whole family doesn't know. So that yeah. saves yeah. generations. Because generations, man. And uh, see, man, I hate to keep going back to that example, but modern day slavery and, and it's such a real thing because once they own you, debt is also transferable even through debt. So we always talk about generational wealth. There's always such a thing as generational debt. And for the most part, if, if I was the bank, I I owned you going through the practices. One of the practices I just mentioned, the next people will get that as well. Um, prime example, reverse mortgages, right? They target elderly, um, elderly people. And just to kind of briefly talk about it, reverse mortgages, they normally are predatory loans towards a bank. So, um, they'll go through like your grandma who's been paying on her house forever. She's a tight situation because now, you know, she's older, she's not working. She might have ran through like, it's only so much your social security can cover and everything. So a bank comes to them like, Hey, beautiful house here. Um, we'll give you, we'll lend out to you based off the equity of the home. So if the house has 40,000 equity, we'll give you $40,000 in a reverse loan. Um, there's different stipulations in regards to it, but for the most part, Grandma's not gonna make it till the end of, of making the payments, and I hate to laugh and say that, but yeah. it's like it's it's almost it's not a funny laugh. It's more so like this shit is ridiculous, you yeah. know. Like they know they're not gonna, the lady isn't gonna make it, but she's gonna take that out because she needs that cash and to try to give it to them. And the house that you're thinking that you guys all grew up in, that you guys to spend Sundays together still. Uh, moving forward, even if grandma's not there, is not going to be available to you there anymore because the bank's going to take that house and which was originally supposed to be generational wealth is no longer generational wealth. It's something that has been taken from the bank from you guys so that they can do the same thing that they just did with the car with this house. Yeah. Or I've literally seen this because this happened to one of my boys, man. Um, I, I don't want to speak on their family, but um, their grandma was pretty much... I, I don't want to say she was like my grandma, but she was, I spent a lot of time there. You know, yeah, I spent yeah. a lot of time there. Grandma uh, definitely looked out for everyone. We didn't know that she had a reverse mortgage, but at the end, after all of that, the bank then goes back and offers the house back to the family. You know, they can offer the house back to the family because there are no every purchase is an emotional purchase, whether you know it or not. Every purchase is going to be an emotional purchase. So um, you're thinking you have this house still, and you don't. So then the bank will come to them first because this is your ideal client. This should be what's called a laydown sale um, for anything else. I'll come to you and be like, hey, man, you want your grandma's house back? Like, we'll mm-hmm. give it to you for this much, which is crazy because grandma been paying for this house we for years. We owned it first. Yeah. <laughs> we had right. it first. You own it first, but it doesn't matter. But it's like, I'm trying to sell you your own shit back yeah. with a crazy interest rate. Yeah. Like, And then on top of it, you probably, 
Man, it, it's so it's so much deeper. You still got to pay the debt. You still a property tax on top yeah. of it. Like, there's just so many yeah. things to it. So there's so, so many different examples, yeah. right? And uh, I like I like yep. going through it because um, everyone mm-hmm. kind of has their own personal situation. Yeah, like, but I like what you said, man. It's just like you know, it's generational. Yeah. It, it's generational. The banks realize that, and that's what we mean by modern day slavery. It doesn't just stop with you. It's yeah. just something that continue to continue. And banks. I've spoken to so many people and they make credit card debt sound normal like like yeah. it's part of yeah. and a common uh, something I was gonna uh, last thing yeah. I, I personally had to say you mm-hmm. know um, in general about credit was uh, I know a lot of people the common misconception is they think they view their credit card as another source of income so if their mm-hmm. limit is 2500 <laughs> and let's say you know yeah. maybe they use half so 1250 you know mm-hmm. and they end up at a, a 50 they think, okay, I have an extra $15,000 a year mm-hmm. to spend. It's like, no, that's yeah. not the case. Yeah, yeah it's not <laughs> the case. It's not the case. Right. You're putting yeah. yourself. And I know so many people who yeah. do that. Living off credit, a right? Lot of so America, I know it's yeah. common. A lot of Americans rely on their credit card mm-hmm. as a second source of income, which is a big yeah. issue. That's not how you're supposed to live your life. And yeah, I'm just yeah. so many, so many. I'm not going yeah. to you know, get too yeah. personal, mm-hmm. but I know a lot. I tell yeah. him all the time, like, it's crazy how, you know, some people were like, you know, I just got this much money and I'm going to. Yep. Throw it, throw it to mm-hmm. pay off my credit card. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how much, yep. how much are you in debt? You know, yes. one person I had yeah. like seven thousand dollars, and they just made it sound normal. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and, that, and, and like, that's not even a lot. That's yeah. <laughs> not even and, a lot. That's general, because it's like, oh yeah, daddy, like you yeah. know, daddy, mom, they had credit card debt. You know, it's yep. gone, and like you're saying over water. Not in my like, life, bro. Nah, it can't as be long as I because live. you're not, you're not. The money's not yours at that point. Yeah, like you said, every time you get paid, now yeah. it's like you can't even really fully enjoy it because yep. it's like, oh, either I have to enjoy it or I have to go pay back. Yeah, you know. And banks know that. That's why. Even like uh, most cars, like high interest rate car, high interest rate cars, like we were mentioning, yeah. um, they'll have people on biweekly payments. Why? Because you get paid biweekly. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, worry, bro, you get paid on the first and fifteenth. Okay, go to take this car. <laughs> go ahead and take this car. Let me get a little bit. Uh, I'm gonna hold a dollar every first and fifteenth. So um, yeah, so that's pretty much what they do, man. It's just, it's crazy. Um, do you have yeah, any, so uh, much. Do you have any good best practices for getting out of credit card debt? Um, I know some yeah. people kind of have, uh, you know, there are different methods out yeah. there. So, yeah, give, give, give Honestly, bro, I'm going to tell y'all the wrong way first, <laughs> which is crazy because people are like, I'm going to tell you the right way. I'm going to tell you the real, like the real tea, like the real way first, which is not the right way. It's it's wrong because um, obviously you want to do it the right way, uh, making your payments and stuff to it. But I also think you have to be real to yourself. You have to be real to yourself. Um, when before I started, right? Because um, people think that I've always known all this stuff. I didn't. That's got. That's what got me into this lane. Is because yeah. I didn't know, it, and then I realized, damn, none of, none of us know this. And then there's nobody speaking on it. And credit repair isn't new. The only difference is now. Thank God for social media and stuff. That now I think that finance has been romanticized, no, having good credit has been romanticized. Yeah. And then you got cool ass looking people out here who's talking about credit. So that's yeah. even why, um, like today, I'm not wearing a suit. I want to show up here with a hat and fit in my tattoo style because I want to be relatable. Yeah. But that's what brought me into this lane because I realized that, yo, nobody's talking about this that I can approach. You know? So now I wanted to speak on that. Now, when I started going through this and I didn't have the information, I also kept it real to myself. And I looked around, I'm like, damn, bro, like, there's no way for me to get out of my debt because I've overused my income. I have multiple cars. Um, I have this house. I have, you know, all these other obligations I'm paying for. Like I said, by the, before I even get paid, my money is already owed and promised to someone. So generally, generally, this is how everybody lives. By the time, you know, you get your, your check, it's already all gone. And you only have a very 
small amount left that's not even enough for you to really do anything with groceries gas all those things and that's why most of the time people are living paycheck to paycheck i'm saying that because the wrong way is the way i did it which i looked around and i kept it real myself damn i can't afford this so i can try to pick up a side job and see if that'll do it um or i realized that i overextended and i'm just gonna go ahead and surrender these things so to me i surrendered those items also because um, if you go look at my socials, I talk I talk uh, about my testimony, right? Um, I went from like a two-income household to one because it was like a, a divorce that I didn't expect. So I just kept it real to myself. It doesn't matter what I was doing. I'm only one person. So unless by some miracle I get like a crazy-ass promotion at the time, I wasn't a business owner. So um, I get a crazy-ass promotion. There's no way for me to pay to go from make it seem like I'm making two incomes, you know, yeah. and pay for that. So I just had to give it up for repo because – what I like to tell people is that the insanity, insanity is just doing things over and over again, right? So I hate that I know people that are, I have some friends who are in this loophole and it's just like, damn, bro, like every paycheck, they're stressed because they can't make ends meet. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna tell you like the same thing is gonna happen. Every paycheck, you're yeah. gonna be, every first of the month, you're gonna be stressed because yeah. you know why? You made the same amount last month. Yeah. You got the same bills this month. Yeah. If you were stressed last month because you can make ends meet, what makes you think you can make ends meet this time? You didn't have enough money the months before. You didn't have money for it the years before. What makes yeah. you think you're going to have it now? So you just have to come to that realization and either pick up a side job and you know make that. If you can't, then you just have to give it up and work from there. It's better than just slaving away your yeah. whole checks. So I went through that way. Then I went to the credit repair um, way. Uh, and a lot of places will do it too, like national debt consolidation. That's what they get people to do is stop paying for stuff, wait till it gets to collection, and then they start settling. Definitely don't advise anyone to go through national debt, um, the, the national debt way, uh, crisis, the national debt crisis uh, thing, because there's that's that's a predatory thing as well. <laughs> I don't want to dig into that right now, but um, yeah. I'm gonna have a perfect credit score at the end of this. All right, all right. <laughs> that's the goal, um, man. That's the goal. I, I learned a lot. Thank you again. Yeah. Um, first time I learned a lot. Second time I learned even more. Yeah. Um, definitely gonna throw some of this stuff into my uh, regular expenses because for a fact, mm -hmm. I mean, we're all. I'm sure we all related to everything that was yeah. just talked about today. So, um, sure. Thank you. Do you have, any, do you have any final tips, advice, warnings? Yes. <laughs> There's so many, man. So again. For one, I like to, I like to be just someone for people to approach to um, and ask questions. So if there anyone has any questions, just feel free to come to me because there's so many stuff out here that we're not even scratching the surface, right? Yeah. But um, I do want people to know as well that credit is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. I know we've kind of talked about all the don'ts, but we've also kind of briefly talked about the deuce as well. But if you're doing it the proper way, credit is so powerful because it can build you the generational wealth. It can get you into these places that otherwise you won't be able to pay for in cash. Yeah. Um, if you take out there, if you, you can purchase a house, build generational wealth, take the equity from there. There's so many ways to do it. And there's also so many practical ways to do it. It doesn't have to be, uh, I feel like a lot of times people talk about credit. It's always about buying a house and stuff right away. Uh, I see kids, man, like these young millennials learning from TikTok literally using their credit cards, buying sneakers, right? Flipping them around, but buying sneakers with a credit card, paying them off before the statement date so they never really got to hit, be hit with anything. They never used their own money because they're using the banks. By the time the statement date hit, they, pitch, they pay it, they get all the increase. 
Um, and then before the 30 days comes up, they've already sold the shoe anyways. So they literally have never paid for it themselves and they just continue to do that over and over again. So there's practical ways of doing it, man. And it's just smart. There's such thing as good debt and we, we need that. Um, yeah. Debt is also very cheap. Um, dig into that a little bit because there's a lot of information there, but debt is cheap. So if you're starting a business, um, if you're purchasing things that you believe you can sell, just like what I was mentioning, debt is cheap. So do it that way. Just make sure you're doing it right and don't fall in that pit. Because again, there's so many pits out here that the banks have set up so you can be a captive audience. But there's also multiple ways that you can be smart about it. Just like the, all these millionaires who don't use their own card or their own debit card. They also keep it in a credit card. So credit is definitely a good thing. Just know how to use it properly. So, yeah. so that's a good wrap up. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that. Like I said, <laughs> of course, man. Of lot, course, right? And that's yes. and that's information you kind of have. You definitely have to refresh yourself yes. too, right? Um, because like I said, a lot, a lot of change. Yeah. Uh, you know, and obviously every credit card is going to be a little bit different with different like perks. So mm-hmm. some credit cards might be better for travel. We're talking about that today. Mm-hmm. Some credit cards might be better for travel. Some might be better for everyday purchases. So yes. you have to get yourself familiar. Um, with that, do it smart. That's yeah, the don't really just sign up for credit yeah. cards. Do, yep. do it smart. That's like the really, really, really key thing because, like we say a lot about other things, like it's just a tool, right? And mm-hmm. how you use it. All it is a tool. How you know? Uh, how you use it? How, yeah. how it and every that's a great thing you're saying. It's all a tool. I tell people that all the time is that credit cards are just tools. So. Yeah. Just like tools have different purposes, that cards have different purposes. So just yeah. make sure you're equipping yourself, having the right tools in your toolbox, pretty much. Yeah, so, for sure, yeah. for sure. So, um, where can people find you? Where can people find yeah. you on social media, on Instagram? <laughs> so, I, I got to give this spill, man. My Instagram, it's my personal Instagram. Um, yeah. So, a lot of times people go in there and be like, oh, how is this the credit guy? He's posting all his personal stuff. That's the part that I'm trying to cross over. I want people to realize that, yo, it, you don't have to be a... a like this business page of selling you stuff. Yeah, my Google say it, just a business page. So, but the people through Instagram, I want to be able to connect with you guys. I want you to see that everything is just normal. You can do through what I'm doing too. So, uh, my Instagram is going to be Aaron, A A R O N underscore Sean, S E A N, then H. So, Aaron Sean H. Aaron underscore Sean H. So, got it, got it. Yep. And uh, Virginia Credit Repair. Virginia Credit Repair, uh, you can Google us, search Virginia Credit Repair, or uh, you can just put VACreditRepair.com. Uh, schedule your own consult. It, we make it as easy as possible. Our website is very user and millennial friendly. Just hit um, you know free credit consultation. Pick your date. And we start talking from there pretty much. All right. So, awesome. Yeah. Any last housekeeping items, Mr. XP? Uh, no, I mean, uh, do you have anything coming up? Did we uh, get across that? Um, no, that? man. Not right now. Nope, nothing right now. Just I am trying to get the information out there more and more, though. So. Please stay tuned, follow, and same thing, follow you guys, because we were just talking. They have a bunch of stuff coming up as well. They're actually doing a pop-up this weekend uh, and interviewing other business owners, so you guys definitely want to tap in. Together we stand this weekend. That's yeah. right. So thank you very much. Of course, man. Thank, thank you, you guys. Thank you very much, Aaron. Yo, that was thank really you. educational. Help me, help yes, us, yes, help yes. you guys. So we'll put this up as soon as possible. Thank you again for, for collabing, coming on the show yes, again. Um, hope you guys learned. All right, so see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.